0: As Napoleon Hill said, true success is only achieved with the power of harmonious coordination of minds working to a definitive end. On Agent Wealth Network Live, you'll join Dr. Hank, the change maker in real estate, for live conversations with an elite group of real estate experts, including coaches, authors, sales trainers, and successful agents and brokers, from up-and-comers to mega-producers. You'll come away with mindset, lead generation, and wealth-building strategies that will change your business while building a life of joy and fulfillment. And now, here's your host, Dr. Hank.
1: Well, welcome everybody to Agent Wealth Network, and this is Dr. Hank, and you know what we do here. We help you to grow your business and to grow your wealth at uh, Agent Wealth Network, and for real estate agents, and for brokers. And, you know, every week we have a special guest that can really teach us how to, like, build a team. And today you're going to see one of the most dynamic teams in America uh, that we're meeting with, uh, Kyle Whistle. And uh, he has the Whistle Way group on Facebook, and we'll get into that. But I like kind of that, uh, whistle uh, as you play. I don't like using the word word. And so uh, we have uh, Kyle Whistle. Welcome to the show. We thank you so much for being
0: on. And how are you this
1: uh, wonderful day?
0: I'm good. I'm excited to be on the show. <laughs> um, you know, we're out here in sunny San Diego, so definitely Ooh. can't complain. Uh, just recovering <laughs> from a fun little music festival they had here called Kaboo <laughs> over the weekend. And so uh, three oh. days of... <laughs> Fun with the friends and family, and uh, oh, yeah, it was a good time.
1: That's great. I'm glad you're able to squeeze that time in with your two year old son, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Or your two-year-old, is it a boy? Uh, daughter. <laughs> daughter, okay. Yeah, yeah. To your two-year-old daughter. That's that's great. Yeah. I do only boys. And so I just saw, yeah. you know, my grandson this weekend out in Florida. And uh, and so, you know, you're really amazing that uh, you're one of the top, like in the top five, whatever, uh, brokers in California. And California is it's like owned Country, <laughs> right? right? You know, with all the volume and everything they do. And, uh, uh, and in San Diego County, and again, one of the top ones in the county, and then there, and uh, voted number one real estate uh, in in the Wall Street Journal real estate team. And you're, I mean, you got so many things, you know, number one video a guy. And so we're really going to learn a lot from you. And I think I'd like to start with uh, can you share with us, Kyle, that? How did you start? Like, you know, we all get our license and some people, you know, don't make it, it, it leave the industry. Some people, you know, make 30 grand or whatever. Some people make 100 grand or more. And then some people build mega teams. And so could you share with us kind of that path on how did you whistle on your way (laughs) to uh, such great success in real estate? Besides me, an awesome guy
0: with a great smile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, growing up my whole life, my dad was a realtor, uh, more on the commercial side of things. And in all honesty, I hated real estate growing up because my dad was the typical realtor that worked, you know. Uh, 24-7 and sometimes real estate took priority over me. So yeah. I was never a huge real estate fan growing up. I never wanted to do real estate, um, <laughs> often frowned upon real
1: estate. <laughs>
0: with the reason my dad wasn't at the basketball game or at the volleyball game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then when I was in college, I was going to UCSD here in San Diego uh-huh. and my dad kept pushing. Me. He's like, you need to buy something. You need to buy something. You need to buy something. I was like, that I'm scooping popcorn at a movie theater like I can't buy anything, but this was the early 2000s and they put a mirror under my nose. I fogged it. They gave me a loan for half a million dollars um, while I was scooping popcorn at a movie theater. It was crazy. That's right. Uh, that property a few months later made seventeen thousand dollars. And wow. I was thinking about the nickel raise that I had just gotten at the movie theater versus a the $17,000 check that I had just gotten. And the decision yeah. became pretty easy that yeah. I needed to look into real estate because that kind of money when you're in college is, is massive.
1: Wow, that's
0: great. Yeah, so then I was like, all right, Dad, I know I hate real estate, but let's talk about this thing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I worked with him the first few years in the industry. Um, yeah. Again, he was <laughs> on the commercial side, so we did a lot of, uh, mostly apartment buildings was kind of mm-hmm. his forte. We also did some shopping centers stuff like that. Right. Um, we, then we started to carve a niche for ourselves, selling apartment buildings to the people that would then convert them to condos. Oh, so you buy an apartment building, gut it, make it really nice, and then sell them off individually and make a fortune. Wow! Um, and everybody was making a fortune with that in San Diego, and the price of yep. apartments went through the roof. And wow. the city came in and said no more conversions. We're running out of apartments for rent. Everything is <laughs> into condos because wow. people would start with like an eight unit building and then they'd make yeah. a ton of money and then they do like a 20 unit building. And <laughs> before you know it, there were 500 unit complexes wow. that were getting converted from apartments to condos. So it really wow. spiraled and the city just was like, we're done, we're not doing this anymore. Wow. And so my investors were all looking at me like, well, I can't buy apartments if I can't convert them. Because the rent versus, you know, cap rates or rent versus price doesn't make any sense. And so then my investors started sending me stuff like, well, what about this REO? What about this short sale? And I would look and I'd be like, holy shit, this girl's got 200 REO listings. This guy's got 100 short sale listings. I was like, wow. that's insane because in my early 20s in commercial... Yeah. You get big checks, but trying to make a big right. check last in your early 20s is not <laughs> something that's very feasible. There's a lot of very fun legacy breaks. Yeah, or early, any age, probably. Early 30s, yeah. 40s, 50s, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I mean, closing a deal every quarter almost was what it was. But, I mean, there were big yeah. checks, but it wasn't frequent checks. Um, so seeing the opportunity on the residential side to get to the point of you know, closing houses on a more regular basis, that was really attractive to me. And I saw that there was really no opportunity in the commercial market, at least in for the foreseeable future. So I branched out from my dad at that point, started my own brokerage, um, and that was in around 2008. So okay. I started doing my own thing in 2008, started out really heavy on the short sales, then started landing some of the bigger REO accounts. At one point, we had Fannie Mae, we had HUD, Bank of America chase me, we had a lot of the big accounts and did a really good job with that. Um, got to the point, though, where I had so many listings and they were generating tons of buyers, but I just didn't really know what to do with all those buyers. And I mean, God, if I would, if I knew now, uh, or if I knew then what I know now, I would have yeah. been in a much better spot. But um, I started out alone, right? Like I didn't really join a team or anything. And Um, best advice, if you're new getting in this industry, you need to start on a team. Um, I would be light years ahead of where I am right now. If I started on a team because I didn't know what to do, I went through a lot of growing pains. And so these leads would come in and once a week I would then send a batch of leads to my buddy who owned a brokerage. I was like, here, you have a bunch of agents. You follow up with these. Well, he'd get a batch once a week. Magically, none of them would ever convert. I was like, okay, that's not working. So then I was like, all right, I have a couple of buddies who are agents. And so I threw them under my brokerage and I would send them the leads and like, here, you guys follow up with them. And there was no systems, nothing in place. And magically they didn't convert anything. And then finally I was like, all right, I got to really like dive in headfirst on this. I got to do this right. And so I was sitting around on a Black Friday and my office at the time was a 100 square foot executive suite. And I was sitting around on Black Friday, I was like, you know what, I just need to go in, like, I got to dive in head first, let's just go for it. So I bought 10 computers. Now keep in mind, it was me, an assistant and two agents. And I said, screw it, I bought 10 computers. And then I was like, all right, well, now I got 10 computers, now I need an office to put these things in. So then I found an office. And I was like, all right, cool. Now I got 10 computers, I got an office, now I need agents. (laughs) And in the first year, I hired any and everybody. I hired people that were 18 to 118 years old. Covered the entire spectrum. And I lost my ass off that first year. I probably lost, you know, north of six figures that first year. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, still selling tons and tons of homes. Um, I think we sold 82 homes that year and I lost money, which is kind of crazy. Um, So after that first year... Then I started to understand culture a little bit better and the importance of it and hiring people that fit within your culture and our culture. The two biggest attributes are hungry and hum- hungry and humble, uh, but also tech savvy because we're very, very tech enabled. And the problem was I had these 118 year old agents that didn't even know how to log into their Gmail account. Right. And we were spending more time teaching people how to log into Gmail and we couldn't spend any time teaching them how to actually sell homes. And yeah. so we identified our culture and not that that 118 year old agent can't be successful, right? it's just not a cultural fit for us. I, there's yeah. a guy in my neighborhood who's still door knocks. He's probably 80 years old and he door knocks yeah. every day and crushes him. Yeah. Right. So right. all the time. <laughs> so it's not that that guy can't be or gal can't be successful, but which right. just wasn't a fit for our culture. Yeah.
1: And so, if I could just intervene there, that, you know, um, that's what it is is most agents, uh, the average age is 55 years old, and most of them don't have a retirement plan. Right. And so, because of that, they are knocking on doors at 80 years old. So, I want all us listeners, you know, to think about that. You know, do you still want to be knocking on doors at 80? Maybe you want to be traveling and do whatever, be with the grandchildren, you know, or whatever, but there's something else. And we'll get into that because I don't you your the the, uh whistle realty your team first of all would be a great team to get on if you meet that culture and like you're saying Hungry, yeah. humble and tech savvy. And uh, and then you have a great platform that you're working off with EXP Realty, which both of us are with EXP Realty and we know on uh, how that can build that wealth and, and be able to have that passive income. So I'm with you, but I just had to talk about yeah. that eighty all knocking on the door yeah. first.
0: Yeah. It's a real thing, man. I do not want to be that guy or girl. I'm See sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to more music festivals in my eighties, not know. be knocking doors and <laughs> But somehow Uh, people can convince their brain that that, that's what they enjoy. And it's kind of, to me, it's sad. Like, you you don't enjoy walking around in 90, 100-degree heat knocking on doors. Like, quit bullshitting yourself. Like, you do not enjoy that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can
0: convince yourself of that. That's
1: scary. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing they have is they have that – they really don't believe uh, that they're worthy of that, that they really, can I have that much money to, you know, really be able to do, uh, you know, live a life of my dreams without having to work and have passive income and have stock. And they just, you know, don't feel they're credible or, um, and I think most of us have been in this one way or another well I, you know I'll do that retirement plan later or whatever and before you know it you wake up and you're 65 years old like me and if you haven't though I'd like me you know add had that financial plan that hey you're going to continue to work and that that financial plan there is work until you die and I don't think any one of us want to do that
0: <laughs> not at all so where were you with that so, <laughs> yeah, yeah so so <laughs> first year of, of running that, I I think it was 82 deals and lost north of six figures that first year. Um, then once I really started to understand the importance of, you know, the right people in the right seats on the bus or, or culture, um, yeah. then we went from 82 to 242 in a year. Wow. So we nearly tripled our production in a year just by getting the right people there. Because instead of being stuck trying to teach people how to log into Gmail, we Uh were teaching people how to actually leverage systems like Boomtown was a big part of it for us, how to leverage a system like Boomtown to really crush it. And that would probably be the second thing. I know first I said you should start out on a team. Second, you've got to have a good CRM. Um, uh, boomtown's nice. great kv core commission Inc. firepoint i mean there's tons of amazing systems out there everybody always wants to know which one is best they're, they're all you know they've got pluses and minuses with them just pick one and go for it if you work for a brokerage that gives you one then run with the one your brokerage gives you right yeah. like don't go yeah. spend a ton of money there's not going to yeah. be some life-changing feature that one has versus the one your broker gives you so just have a crm because that is the, the hub of your business. I mean, that's where your entire database lives. That's what tells you who to call, when to call them, why to call them. It's where you log notes, their birthdays, their anniversaries, their house anniversaries. All that information is in there. And if you don't have that, you're probably the agent who goes from transaction to transaction or just thinks you're a great agent because referrals fall in your lap. But if I ask you what you do to generate the referrals, you can't tell me. You need to have a system that really keeps you organized because if you got referrals falling in your lap, now you actually put a CRM in place and build a plan to actually stay in touch with your database. They won't just fall in your lap, they're pour all over you because if you're just Getting them in your lap without doing anything. Once you really get systematic about it, it's amazing what happens. That's You've
1: great. That's great, great counsel. Great counsel. And with the XP, there's uh, KB Core, which is that upgraded product, and it's really it's considered the number one leads program. And it has this amazing it's artificial intelligence where it actually. Uh, in a couple of podcasts ago, that that uh, where a lady was driving down to Orlando, and it took like a two-hour drive, five kids in the the, the and uh she said well I'll get this kb core set up so she sets it up and when she gets to um uh, orlando and you know Disney World she already has leads and the system has already been mm-hmm. communicating you know with her leads and they're saying like oh thanks for getting back to us so quickly and everything That's and there's with five kids you know and so yeah so it's really fun but like you say you know or brokers that do that and of course if the brokers do give that to you they have to pay for it. So it's coming out of your commissions then. Which yeah, you're is paying for
0: it, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> right, right. Other
1: than with the, again, with the EXP on that. But yeah, so, okay, good, good. So where are we?
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, 242 deals that year. And this was during the the peak of REO. So this was like 2010, 11, 12. We've consistently, um, you know, cranked out 200 plus deals a year ever since then. Um, and I'm the kind of guy where I like to try to be ahead of the curve. Wayne Gretzky has that great quote, I don't skate to where the puck is, I skate to where the puck's going to be, and the writing was on the wall that REO was faz- you know fading out, and yeah. you could stay on it, and, I mean, the asset managers, we'd have these conversations, and we're like, hey, what's going on with the inventory? We're not getting anything. Like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, and they started talking about shadow inventory and all this nonsense <laughs> to try to keep you hanging in there, With the hope that there's just magically going to be all this inventory that you know that gets assigned to you but i i knew that was bullshit like it was not coming they were just telling us that because they wanted to keep a solid um pool of agents to select from so if inventory ever did come they still had agents there but i knew that that was uh, a ship that was sinking and i wanted to get off of it so really started to make the transition from reo and short sale over to traditional real estate at that point because that was the market we we're heading into. It was a more traditional market. And so um, really made that shift, started doing a lot of stuff when it comes to farming, um, because, you know, I've just seen that be successful for a long time. And so we really you know planted our roots in San Diego, especially in um, the eastern part of San Diego County. And have really just taken over to the point where, like, last year I got nominated for person of the year in my entire city oh my um, because gosh. of all the things that we're doing in the community, not just real estate specific, but just doing so many different things around the community to better awesome. it. Awesome.
1: Can you tell us a little about that farming on what did you do? I mean, first thing, I think you got to select it, right? Right. And, you know, where you want to select. But can you kind of take us through on farming because, you know, to be, uh, and, and like you say, you know, there's more to this than just real estate. This is, you know, giving back and helping the community. And then you being named, I mean, you know, the, the, the guy of the city, you know, for a man of the city, that that's pretty impressive. So how did you do that farming? How, how would I go about, you know, as an agent, do that farming?
0: Yeah. So the first time I tried farming, I picked a farm strictly based off the numbers. So there's a lot of coaches out there and everybody says you need This percentage turnover and this percentage of competition and all these things. And I think that that, that's something to take into consideration. But the most important thing when picking your farm is it's got to be a farm you believe in. The problem was the farm that I picked initially, I actually despised. I thought they were the stupidest places like they were in this industrial area and they were like Four freaking stories, right? And there was nothing around it within walking distance except office buildings and industrial yeah. buildings. And I was just like, why would anybody want to live here? It was the master. Of the I never helped anybody move. Really? Here because I, hated it. I didn't like it. Um, so you've got to believe in your product. And I think that's for any sales product, right? Like if you don't believe in your product, then you shouldn't be selling it. So I learned that and that that was an expensive lesson, but that's part of this journey is you learn lessons. Right. And you try something, it doesn't work and pivot and try something else. So um, I then picked a farm that I believed in so much that I moved into it. And I know people who crush it with farming that don't live in their farm. I personally choose to live in my farm. Um, now the people that live within my farm are some of my best friends, uh, sure. out I'm on a regular basis, yeah. but we've done, you know, the traditional stuff, which is mail like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that's really helped us is leveraging video. Uh-huh. So there's the traditional farming, which is send mailers, knock the farm, um, do open houses and all that, which is great, yeah. but that's what everybody does. And again, the, my main competitor is 80 years old and knocks the door still, Um, So that's what everybody else does. So if everybody's zigging, or zagging. Um, And so we weren't really heavy on video. And Gary Vaynerchuk, big uh, mentor of mine, I got uh, to have dinner with him last year or earlier this year, which was amazing, super cool. And, you know, he talks about the digital mayor strategy. And we took that and really ran with that strategy. And, And what we did is our first series was called Santee Saturdays. Santee is one of the the city that I live in, um, in San Diego County. And we interviewed virtually every business owner in the city. So we did anything from the yoga studio to the nail salon, to the chiropractor, to the coffee shop, to the personal trainer, all of that. And just did little three to five minute videos Mm -hmm. and just interviewed them and found out, you know, who are you? What do you guys do? Why should somebody come here? All of that. And did these spotlight videos. And we were consistently getting... Five to 30,000 views on those videos, and we release them every week. Oh, my gosh. And just so uh, our
1: audience understands that, you're actually considered like Mr. Video, too, right? Besides Mr. City, that didn't you win some award, like the number one video
0: guy or something? Yeah, BombBomb named us the number one video influencer in North America, which is pretty bad. So we feel that these video series are a big part of that recognition. (laughs) Awesome. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, we did a hundred episodes of the show. We literally interviewed anybody and everybody across the entire city and it did two, maybe three primary things. Um, one, I got relationships with every single business owner in the city. Wow. Right. That's amazing. How else are you going to get to meet all these people? You can go to yeah. chamber of commerce and meet some of them or whatever the other clubs out there. Um, but I not only got a relationship with them, but I just did them a solid Right. right. I, just, I just jabbed, as Gary would say, and just gave them a video that would cost them thousand plus dollars if they were to you know hire somebody to come in and do that. And we did it for free. So I built yeah. relationships with everybody and yeah. I landed. We did a senior community and I landed the biggest uh, residential listing in my career. Four million dollars oh from the guy God. that owned the senior community that we featured on the show. Oh. So like people are like, oh, do you actually get results from it? Yeah. I just um, actually have a meeting as soon as we're done shooting this with a guy that runs the yoga studio, just listed his $800,000 house with us. Oh, my gosh. uh, The relationships, you know, it's not and it's not only the business owner themselves, but it's the people they know. Sure. So that's part of it. Second part of it is that we're giving our community content they actually care about because Mm. every other realtor, they get on camera and they do a facebook live and walk through a house and like we're standing in front of a three bedroom two bathroom 1500 square I'm like people are like shut up um, <laughs> and, um, that's what the realtor is doing or it's buy with me sell with me open house yeah. new listing sold listing <laughs> like that's what every other realtor is doing so when they're all doing that we're over here telling them about the hot new you know coffee shop that just opened up and yeah how they to live music there So that is huge. And we did 100 episodes of the initial show. Again, it was called Santee Saturdays. Uh Santee there's 55,000 people in the city. We ran Mm -hmm. out of places. We did 100 businesses. So we did it for two straight years. Uh And it was time to pivot and figure out where we were going to go with it. So we analyzed all the videos that we had done. And the ones about food always did the best. Consistently were some of the best videos that we did. Um, Because if you go through your Instagram feed right now, it's either food, fashion, or fitness. Like, those Mm -hmm. are the three things that you're going to see consistently when you scroll through your feed. Mm -hmm. And so we opted to go the food route. And so our Mm -hmm. second series that we followed up with is called East County Eats. And so East County is the entire eastern part of San Diego County. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Eats, obviously, is is focused specifically on food. And this series has really taken off. Um, our videos now consistently, 30,000 is an average week, where that was our best week with our old series. Um, wow. We've got a lot of videos that have crested 100,000, and we had one video go super viral that crested 3 million views. Oh, so my God. It's been amazing to see the results of that.
1: That's great. How many agents do you
0: have that are working all this business? Um, I've got about 25 agents right now. That's great. we have got a big team. Yeah, we are an uh,
1: overgrown yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, you know, join a team. And, and like your team is one of the best teams in America to join because of your expertise. And you've kind of been through it. And and, uh, and then you've proven that, hey, we have some techniques, some strategies here, you know, that, that, that actually uh, really work. And, and can you share with us a, a good time to just ask about how, how do we get to, Because everybody wants to get to know you better now, that um, how can we, uh, on the face? Facebook that you mentioned and on uh, Facebook, the Whistle Way group. Can you talk a little about that?
0: Yeah. So Facebook caps you at 5,000 friends. Been capped for a while now. So it makes it hard to add people or um, communicate with people there. Because even if somebody sends me a message, I don't even see it unless I like find this hidden inbox. (laughs) So um, what we encourage people to do, if you want to keep up, you know, connect with me, if you have questions for me, for my video guys, um, or marketing guys, anything like that, join our group on Facebook. It's called The Whistle Way, or we even registered thewhistleway.com, which will just forward you to that group if you can't find it. And does um, whistle spell your name? Yeah, uh, yeah w- so w- the whistle, W-H-I-S-S-E-L. W- com. And that's where you can ask questions, because what I found, if you've got a question, there's other people that have that question. And so I'd rather answer it in a group format where not only can you get the answer to that question, but there's a few thousand people in that group. Now everybody can get the answer to that question. So we put that in there. We share anytime we're trying new technology or tools, we'll post that stuff in there. Um, And we'll even share little snippets from our office meetings. So we video every office meeting that we do. And we don't wow. give you the entire hour-long meeting, but we'll right. give little snippets of the meeting, stuff that we feel could you know help benefit and grow your business. So we're all yeah. about that jab. That's a big thing for us. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook, give, give, Thanks. give before you ask for anything. So uh, we're all about okay. whether it be within the, the you know community we live in or the real estate community that we play in. Um, yeah. We want to always be jabbing.
1: That's cool. Jabbing, uh, J A B, is that yep. is that uh, jabbing? Okay, so we're yeah. jabbing and and we're jabbing love love touches to everybody. Yeah. So I love at the yeah, connecting relationships. Uh, anything else on on uh, videos?
0: It just sounds fantastic. On how yeah. you do that? The yeah. biggest thing on video is everybody asks us what camera do you use, what lens, what editing software. Like stop, like quit asking that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, like you could use an iPhone 1 and shoot video and be perfectly okay. It's not about the quality of the video, or we we talk about the four C's of video, and they're in order of importance. Content is the most important thing, consistency is also important. Then the channels where you distribute your videos, and then the composition is the least important. Because the thing is, if you're not putting out good content, Nobody's gonna watch it. You could, you know, go buy a fifty thousand dollar red camera and you know hire a guy from Hollywood to shoot the video. But if you suck and the videos yeah. the content sucks, nobody's gonna watch it.
1: Yeah, On the website,
0: yeah. You could take an iPhone one and shoot a video of yourself. And if it's mm-hmm. good content, people are gonna watch it. Yeah. yeah. You could be sideways. You could have filmed it sideways and uploaded it wrong to YouTube. And yeah, you don't have- your head turned sideways and watch it if it's good content. <laughs> so you've got to focus on the content first, Yeah. then as you get good content that's getting traction, then you can look at stepping up your quality or your composition yeah. later on down the road, but yeah. don't get obsessed over the camera, the lens, the microphone, the editing software, like yeah. this little iPhone right here, this is the <laughs> only piece of camera equipment that I need, it's yeah. also the only piece of editing equipment that I need, oh. so you don't need to do anything with it, just shoot right. a video on your cell phone, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you really don't have hair. to be beautiful, right? You don't have no, to be good-looking. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've got this gigantic forehead, right? Like <laughs> this light beams <laughs> off my forehead. It's like a satellite. But <laughs> <laughs> that's me, right? Yeah. Like, I yeah. see people, they're so scared to shoot video because of their imperfections. Yeah. Um, or yeah. they'll shoot it and they're like, I don't look good in that video. Like, shut up. What we see in the video is what you look like. Right? It, you could shoot that yeah. like, yeah. shit 10 times yeah. over. If you're fat in the video the first time, you're going to be fat the next 10 times. You know, if you have a big forehead in the first video, you're going to have a big forehead in all 10 videos. So oh, yeah, this just 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 who funny. you are in moment. I think yeah. that's something that's important in video is just you are who you are, right? right it's not going to right. change. And what they see on camera is what they're going to see when they meet you. So exactly. don't try to put on some image on video yeah. that's going to be different than the image when they actually meet you. And it's that's both that. the physical appearance and the personality. So don't yeah, go on video exactly. and. You know, come out there and, and be bouncing off the walls full of energy and and then they meet you and you sound yeah. like a freaking robot. Right? <laughs> or the opposite, you know? Yeah. Don't go on there right. like a robot and then bounce off the walls because you just gotta stay right. true to who you are, stay authentic. Right. I think that's really important when it comes to video. That's because no right. matter what you do, like look at our political society. Fifty percent of people are flying a red flag. Fifty percent are flying a blue flag. It doesn't matter who the candidate is; they're gonna dislike the other one, right? Right. 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 Like in life, fifty percent of people aren't gonna like you, no matter what you do. You could go glamour shots, or (laughs) you could roll out of bed in your pajamas and shoot a video. Fifty percent of people aren't
1: gonna like it, either way. That's That's great. great. And the other thing is on uh, like mistakes. People are worried about mistakes or by goof up or whatever. Hey,
0: you're being like you say authentic. Yeah, it's more fun that way you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean if you stumble to... over words keep going because you just showed you're human right. if everything's perfect every single time then yeah. you're like a robot well nobody wants to buy a home from a robot yeah. they want to buy a home from a human so be human in your videos yeah. it's okay to make mistakes just roll with wow. it have fun with it
1: that is powerful. And so really, this is why you're number one in video. And, and, you know, I just love these four C's. And I mean, you really have it down and, and we can learn so much from you on that, that, um, uh, can we switch over to uh, leadership and, you yeah. know, maybe some leadership tools? So, you know, if we have some agents that are really successful and wanting to build a team now, there's some important things that kind of sound fluffy, you know, like leadership or values, but uh, they are very important. And can you help us understand that a little on how to build a team with leadership and
0: values? Yes. Yeah. So let me preface this. A team is not for everybody. Okay. Don't think because you see me selling $200 million worth of real estate and I have yeah. 25 people that if you go get 25 people, you're going to sell $200 million of real estate. Like, I don't know if you can see on camera, I got a lot of gray like <laughs> strikes. I've earned these because um, <laughs> I've got a personality where I'm willing to um, be more patient with people. Yeah. <laughs> if you are not patient and you may not be good at running a team. So it's yeah. not for everybody. Um, You've got to really enjoy seeing people grow. Like I have an agent who joined me. He was with uh, one of the big brands last year and sold one home and he's come over and we're here, you know, nine months into the year, he sold 13 homes this year. Wow. Like for me, I get a huge high off of that. Yeah. If that's something that you don't get a high off of, then running a big team might not be for you. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be something you want because there's been a ton of growing pains to get this guy from one to 13. Right. And for perspective, here's something else I've learned too. When it comes to numbers, mm-hmm. you got to relate markets differently. Thirteen homes here in San Diego is a big number, right? Because that's yeah. seven million dollars in volume. Wow. Where thirteen homes in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, that's yeah one point three million. So just right. anytime when you're watching this video and you hear people throw numbers out there, yeah, make sure you're looking at the volume because volume is a more relatable number. Yeah, very um, good. Because I have friends in Corpus Christie that their average agent sells eight homes a month because uh-huh. they have to. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, that's what it takes to <laughs> yeah. the average home is like $110,000. <laughs> right. And so sell one. You throw well. numbers out there, make sure you relate it to your market. And okay. really, if you can throw volume in there, that's important. Um, yeah. So, to take somebody like that, you know, in, in 13X's business year over year, and we still got four months left, that is something I get a huge high off. So, before I even dive into building a team, You've got to love that. And you've got to be willing to go through the growing pains that it takes to get somebody there. If you have no patience and you're not willing to, you know, like you got a kid who's riding a bike. They fall off the bike repeatedly. you got to be willing to pick them up and deal with them crying and, you know, and all that stuff. And put them back on the bike and get them back on track. If, if you're not okay with that, you don't have the patience for that. Don't do that. Don't build a team.
1: That, that's a great analogy. I love that analogy. I mean, yeah, sometimes coaching, you know, people and helping people that, yeah, they keep on falling off the bike, you know, and you're going, come on, you got training wheels.
0: <laughs> you know? like how do you fall off a bike with training wheels, right? And you got elbow pads and knee pads and a helmet and somehow you hurt yourself. Like, they will all find a way to screw it up. Like, no matter what you do. Um, so you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's what I want to preface building a team with. But if you want to build a team, it can be amazingly powerful because, you know, I can go away to a music festival for three days and know that business is going to take care of itself and the money is going to keep coming in because I've got the systems, the support and the structure Mm. to work whether I'm there or not. And I think that that to me is a big part of running a team is I do get the ability to take time off and enjoy time with my friends and my family where right. when you're that solo agent, a lot of times if you go out of town, the, the business stops. Right. And then you right. come back in town and you got to try to fire it back up again. That's hard to do. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's really important to um, have the right mindset to, be, to run a team and okay. have the goal of getting to the point where you can take time off and money keeps flowing. Yeah. When you build yeah. a team, I think there's a couple different ways to go. Okay. You can run the small team. Um my coach talks about it as a Navy SEAL team where, you know, you're running with maybe 4 or 5 people and yeah. they're all just phenomenal at what they do. And you keep it lean and mean because the smaller your team, the higher the profit margin can be, the bigger your team gets, the lower it it could be. I mean, teams Uh, of my size, you're typically running a 10 to 20% profit margin where when you're running as a solo agent, you can run around 70% profit. When you start running like a Navy SEAL team, you could still run around 50% profit. So more often than not, as your team size grows, your profit margin shrinks. Yeah. So keep that in mind. So for some people running that smaller team tends to be better for them. Um, If I were running a real small team, you start out with a really solid admin, total rock star. And initially that person just takes everything off your plate that you hate to do. So you just list out everything you do in your business, everything that you love to do and always want to do, you highlight in green. Everything that you're okay doing but would like to get rid of eventually, you highlight in yellow and everything you hate doing, you highlight in red. What you just highlighted in red is their job description for that initial wow. admin. So wow. start out with that. Um, eventually great. your next hire is gonna be a junior agent. It's gonna be somebody who can, you know, do open houses for you, do showings for you, cover for you when you're out of town, all of that. And then eventually you'll we'll add a marketing person and an ISA. Uh-huh. So okay. you have an admin who ultimately is um, doing like your transaction management, listing management, all of that stuff. You've got a marketing and and for me, my marketing people are also my media people. So they're doing all the photo, the video and distribution, all of that stuff. You have That's a junior awesome. agent and an ISA. And I think wow. you could run with, you know, you plus four. I think you could run an amazing team that way. Keep it lean wow. and mean. Um, everybody's licensed, everybody's cross-trained. So if one person's out, somebody else can fill in. I think that's really important as well. So that's one route to go, or you can go and build a bigger team. Um, When you build that bigger team, you need to start having more management. So I'm at a point now where I have two transaction managers, I have two media managers, I have a listing manager, a finance manager, an operations manager, and a sales manager. Wow. Um, so I've got a massive staff. I have a half a million dollar a year payroll to oh manage goodness. all of this. So to have 25 people, you need a strong management structure. And wow. so that's gotta be something you're you know willing to take on. Yeah. But that structure, you know, I still like to produce. Some people yeah. as they build a team wanna get out of production. I still right. get a huge buy off producing. So um, I still personally do a deal a week. Wow, I feel like that's good for me as a leader so people could see that I am not just telling them what to do. I'm actually going out there and doing it. Yeah. And again, I get a high off of it. It's still fun that's to me, good. especially when I can like take a listing from somebody else, which you're going to see a lot Definitely. more of that happening here as this market shift continues. Wow. Um, so I still get a huge high off of that.
1: That's great. That's great. Just love it. Just love it. Um, anything about so this was really helpful to how to build a, a uh, team, and then anything about the values uh, you already mentioned. You know, some of those like on, uh, um, you know, hungry, humble, uh, tech savvy.
0: Is there anything else, or do you want to? Uh, You've got uh, to really take some time and do some self reflection of, uh, of who you are, of who. You want to be, what do people see you as? Because sometimes what you think you are and what people see you are are two different things. So surveying clients, you know, surveying friends, surveying family, surveying the public, finding out what their vision of you is, I think is really important because Mm -hmm. um, you should have an identity that you want to achieve. And building to that identity, I think is really important. I mean, some teams want to be the, the luxury brand and they are super focused on that. And everything they do is built around being that luxury brand. And we, here in San Diego, it's a huge military town. So you've got oh. people that want to build around being military focused. So uh-huh. you got to know what kind of brand you want to be and yeah. both inside how you want mm-hmm. it to look as well as outside how, it's, how it looks to other people. And so, yeah. You got to identify that. Spend a few days doing a retreat, you know, with your team, uh-huh. and really identify who are we, right? They who are. do people think we are, and who do we want to be? And you uh-huh. know, taking the time to build some core values and mission statements and vision statements uh-huh. and all of that. A big thing we do every year at our retreat. All of our agents present a dream board, uh-huh. and I think that's really important because now we can get to you know see what's important to people. Because uh-huh. to some people, it's um, like for me, everything is very family based. Um, yeah. some people it's, it's more material based and not that there's a right or wrong, right. but it's good to know who people are and what makes yeah. them tick and what motivates them. Um, yeah. I think as a leader, that's something everybody should do is, is do a dream board presentation and have everybody get up and, and present what's important yeah. to them in life. It's, it's really opening, but it can help you as a leader to when they do fall off the bike and you pick them back up. Point them in the direction of that dream board because you know what's on there and that's really helpful as a leader.
1: That's a great analogy. And, you know, I'd like to every um, week to be able to uh, identify an inspired step. And I think we really have one here is on this dream board that everybody could do right now. And uh, so I'd like everybody to, you know, listen up here and take notes on. So how would I make a dream board? Like how big is it? I have, like, for example, I have, have one here yeah, um,
0: we no. have some people who like that style where they like to cut stuff out of magazines and, and books. And then I've got like my techie people who they build one in Canva and <laughs> have it printed out. One of my guys had his printed on canvas that he designed in Canva. Um, so there's no right or wrong. I and mean, yeah. some people it's an eight and a half by 11 paper. Uh-huh. Um, some people yeah. it's you know, like yours laminate some people it's a cork board some people it's a canvas so yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong um uh-huh. I think that if it doesn't make you emotional when you're yeah. building your dream board you might uh-huh. need to dream a little bigger so when we do our dream board presentations I would say 75 percent of people get emotional when they're presenting yeah. it wow. because stuff that you dream about a lot of times are tied to things maybe you didn't have you know yeah. growing up or things that you want to have for your family because you didn't have them. So um, yeah. you know if you can if you can present your dream board with no emotion, maybe you need to dream mm-hmm. a little bigger. That's what I yeah like yeah.
1: And so just on this emotion, just a minute on this that. Really what our emotions are, it's our guidance system from God, the universe, whatever word you want to use. But when I feel bad, that means I'm not thinking about this as God is, universe, my higher self, my soul is. And when I'm feeling good, it is. And so we have this guidance system. So we always have this guidance system. It's kind of like before we came down here, it's, you know, God said, and we said, so God, how are we going to communicate with you? You know, English, Spanish, and God goes, no way. We're not using those languages. They're ineffective. We'll do it. And I'll be communicating with you every moment of every day and through your emotions. And so this idea about the dreams being emotional like this. This is what uh, you're literally tapping into your higher self and your soul into God. And that your path is that emotional path where you just love it. And so for all of us to think about what we love and not think about how to get there because the father will do the work, if you will, you just oh we just need to understand what do we want, and then we'll be led one step and one inspired action after the next. So, I just love that on having a dream board for everybody, and it's really a great way to know them too, right? Yeah, and, you know, totally,
0: yeah. I and then we record said. them on video and then we'll resend them to the agents usually every quarter. Just to keep them on focused on, on those dreams throughout the uh, That's very uh, powerful.
1: Well, um, listen, we're, we're out of time, but do you have any uh, last words, Kyle? Uh, again, it's Kyle Whistle, W-H-I-S-S-E-L. And he can be uh, gotten at the Whistle Way Group and uh the best way to get a hold of them also uh whistle Realty.com. again whistles w-h-i-s-s-e-l but anything else that uh you'd like to share with us as as we leave you here today after all of this amazing information that you provided us
0: yeah i mean the biggest thing i'd just love to continue the conversation i mean if you love education. You're education-based. I just encourage you, join our Facebook group because we're constantly educating in there. Anytime we're doing podcast, webinar, stuff like this, anytime we've got speaking engagements going on, we're always sharing that information in there. We're sharing our journey. Obviously, we made a big move over to eXp um, in the last year, and that's been huge. And we just love kind of sharing how that's going for us and, and why yeah. we did it. So if that's something you. that you guys are interested in learning about, just hop on the whistle way. <laughs> um, on facebook with the whistleway.com we'll direct you straight to that group love to share okay. with
1: you okay great and then um can you just add, uh share with us why why did you go over to exp what was your main motivation to go to exp
0: but the biggest thing is that one being a broker sucks um i'll never <laughs> be a broker again as long as i live i don't know how i did it for as long as i did um <laughs> if you're a broker. <laughs> Quit telling yourself that it's not a big deal. I don't have to deal with a lot of stuff. You do, it sucks. And if you haven't already, you will eventually. Being a broker sucks. Um, I, and I looked at, you know, I had a bunch of companies approach me about buying my brokerage. And when I got to the point of really figuring out how much it's worth, your brokerage isn't worth nearly what you think it's worth. Right. And even when they make you an offer, if you get paid half of what they offer you, you're lucky. So right. kind of went down that route and realized that there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when you yeah. run an independent brokerage. And so I started looking around at all the other brokerages around and 99% of them, there's no alignment with what you're paying versus what you're getting. You know, you're paying all this money in and they tell you it's for a brand name. The hell yeah. I'm paying for a brand name. That's so stupid. You are yeah. your brand. Right. Uh, so to pay that when that's your value proposition is brand name. And if you're paying 100 hundred plus thousand dollars a year for a brand name, I'm sorry. Um, right. You are the brand. You don't need to pay for that. So yep. what was cool at eXp is that they added... Additional streams of income, and not just for me, but for my team as well. So what's right. cool is now, as me and, and my team go and sell houses and do our job, we're starting to build stock portfolios for ourselves. I've built up over sixty thousand dollars of stock in a matter of months, that's which right. my stock from my previous company didn't exist. Right? And I don't know of any company out there that's giving you stock. So um, you know, for and the cool thing is, again, that's not just me. My whole team gets that. So I love yeah. that. From right. the passive income opportunities there, um, I mean, in a matter of months, we're making well over five figures a month, in addition right. to the money that we're making from selling homes, and that money comes whether I'm at a music festival or you know I'm here in the office. So yeah, it's gonna grow, whether awesome. you want it to grow or not. It's gonna grow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's growing like twenty percent a month. A I month, know. like I... you compound something twenty percent a month you know, and you do that for years, the the money is insane. I mean, there's people making six figures a month and passing income from this revenue sharing. So that opportunity is so amazing to have for me and to have that for my team. So really those opportunities, finally, there's alignment with what you're paying in, what you're getting out. That was a big reason we made that move.
1: That's fantastic. And, um, that And for more detail, if you want to know about it, it's uh, DocHankWebinar.com, and you can go there and, and uh, get more information on it as well. Do you want, also want to just share on how has it been since you moved over? You know, like what, what happened then? Were there any some highlights on what happened? Was it a good move for you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, just getting rid of the
0: liability has been one of the biggest things from being the broker. And my insurance yeah. cost. I mean, dropped over $20,000 a year from what it was before. So there's a massive cut in those fixed expenses. I love that. Um, And now the the community of people that we get to network with, I mean, people like Jay Kinder and Michael Reese, who have sold thousands of homes in their careers and Curtis Johnson and Chuck Fazio out in Arizona and Dan Beer and Mary Maloney here in San Diego to be able to network with some of the brightest minds in the industry and not just network with them, but we all have some financial alignment with each other now. Which is so powerful because, sure, we would help each other a little bit here and there before. But now we're hopping on planes for each other now to help each other out, (laughs) right? Because when I win, they win. When they win, I win. We all win together. So there's this alignment because everybody owns stock in this company. We all want to see this company thrive. And so we're willing to do things above and beyond what we would traditionally do for somebody because we all want to boost this company to the top.
1: You bet, you bet. Well, that's fantastic, Kyle. We'd like to thank you for being our guest. You just rock, man, and gave us so much information. We really appreciate it. And for all of you out there, that if you're looking to increase your business, your wealth, that dot com. you can go to him, you can go to com. contact me, that we're here in order to help you become your greatest possibility. And with that, I wish you all the best, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.